This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. You know, praising their their uh, furry furry savior. Well, it's like they just basically took every single good thing about every unit and just put it on these guys. <laughs> right? Yeah, with the exception of like giving them a force slot. <laughs> right. Or something. Like you, you know, get free like... dodge. You you get to attack after moving. You get to you get a you, you get to move three. You got ram. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Hello and welcome back to Notorious Scoundrels. My name is Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Jay again. Uh, David is uh, out somewhere in the tropics, sitting on a beach, probably. So that's nice. We got yeah, we got nice stuck with him. we got stuck with Jay again. <laughs> again <laughs> I, I, what, what, what you're really trying to say is you got stuck with jay again. <laughs> well the good Aww. news the good news is i am i am not a soundboard this week um although jay did fit me with a shot collar so yeah <laughs> if i suddenly cry out in pain and then retract my statement um yeah, he gets one go. of these <laughs> there you go uh how you guys doing good you know it's monday and that means we're recording and other than that um today's kind of sucked so (laughs) whatever yeah mondays are mondays yeah same they are pretty (laughs) awful for the most part i don't know i i generally like look forward to mondays because they kind of like reset the week i know that's weird and when I say look forward to Mondays, I mean, I enjoy my Mondays. I don't look forward to them, but I generally enjoy them just because gotcha. like it's kind of starting everything fresh. I get to kind of reboot, if you will, um, clean slate, X, Y, Z. But that, I mean, that's why most people hate Mondays, right? Because <laughs> everything's starting fresh again. You got to go back <laughs> back to your to your work. Yeah, we're just work uh, cycle. we're just doing this all over again. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Um but so you don't you don't get a case of the Mondays? Generally not. I generally get to like kind of leave the baggage behind from the last week, which is nice. Huh. You're one well, weird we... uh, weird guy there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I just generally Mondays are like I have yet to encounter problems in the week. Just because, so I, I work in construction, so generally we finish jobs on Friday, which means that like all of the problems get finished before the weekend. So I, new problems don't start to arise until like Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, I don't hmm. know. So, See, yeah, I it's, have... weird, it's weird that you play uh, Empire. You have a very Jedi philosophy towards the work <laughs> week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, in real life, I'm probably closer to a ranger or a paladin, so Empire doesn't super gel. But, <laughs> you know, we all have flaws. Mm-hmm. How was your week, Kyle? Or how's your Monday? It was okay. You know, the problems I left at work on Friday were still there. So mm. <laughs> nobody <laughs> took care of those for you. Yeah. <laughs> nope. They didn't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> no, it was fine. Um, my cat peed on my leg. So, uh, you know, other than that, it's amazing. It's, just, it's <laughs> sterile, at least. So you got that going for you. Yeah. You know, 
yeah he was whatever anyway other than that it was good um so yeah uh i'm excited because we had an awesome fun tournament this weekend oh yeah i did Um, i saw the picture of that yeah, yeah, so so that was that was really fun. Um, we'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, it is Nova Week. Uh, Thursday starts the Nova Open Grand Championship, National Championship, whatever they're calling this thing. Um, so that's super exciting. I'm in the Thursday heat. I think Mike, you are in the Friday heat, right? Yep. Um, but you already have an invite, so you can kind of mess around a little bit. And that's what I'm going to do. We're going to talk about that a little bit. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think I faced the list that uh, you're going to be using. Uh, yeah, Eventually. I might make some tweaks, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. Um, so just a couple housekeeping reminders regarding Nova. Uh, lists are due on Thursday morning, regardless of what heat you're playing in. So if you're playing on Friday, you still need to get your list in on Thursday. Uh that's the contact details for the TO James have been floating around on um, Discord and Facebook. So if you are not there in person, just email it. Um, and also, they still need some Rebel players for the narrative. So <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, there's like no Rebels, I guess, around here, uh, except me and Gordon. So <laughs> that'll change soon. And yeah, that will change. I mean, there was. Lots of tauntauns going on this tournament uh, that we played last week. <laughs> We're going to talk uh, about it later. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, so, Kyle, Kyle, let me ask you this. Have you calculated how many more chances you have to get your invite? Uh, what, me, <laughs> me, me personally? <laughs> um, well, it's uh, it's this. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to any more RPQs or anything. I can't, like, generally travel for tournaments. So, Well, uh, I mean, it's not just this. It's it's probably this and then LCQ. Okay, you you not going to LVO? Uh, not at the moment. This is me shaking my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is in very close proximity to Adepticon, which I also have to travel for. So that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it was a lot so, so really two. You have two more chances for you personally to get an invite. Uh yeah, no yeah. pressure. You'll be fine. Jay with the rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You know, Nova's just a small little store tournament. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, um, I'm gonna be honest. Nova, uh, <laughs> a Nova invite probably w- would be easier than the store tournament gauntlet I had to go through on Saturday this week. <laughs> this past weekend. Yeah, I played John, then Matt, then you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we have a pretty competitive local group. Yeah, no, totally. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see who shows up to Nova, but uh, it's a it's a flourishing competitive community around here. So. Um, yeah. Well, and that's one of those east, it, you know, because it's on the east coast. Like, there's a bunch of guys from up here that are going down. You know, I know the Miami crew's coming up. Sounds like a lot of guys on the east coast will be, and and girls, I hope, will be coming coming to nova so yep yeah it's gonna be a good time for sure and i know like um you know lupo's flying out from texas so oh wow thank god he's playing on friday sorry mike (laughs) (laughs) you know it'll be fine all right should we hit the should we hit the news segment yeah sure all right 
Welcome to In the News. Um, so we kind of just talked about Nova. Nova! <laughs> um, but let's talk about it a little bit more. We talked about predictions last week for uh, winning lists and such. Has any of that changed? Did any of that change from this past weekend there, Mike, based on what you saw people bringing? Well, I'm going to let loose with a dirty little secret. I didn't listen to your cast last week, so I'm not sure what you're talking what? about. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was busy. No, um, you're fine. So, but I'm going to I'm gonna speculate here that you guys said something to the effect of um, Rebels will be playing some variation between Wonder Twins and Leia Tauntauns on the Rebel side and on the Empire side. Um, you guys spit out some stuff on Veers, Veers slash Krennic plus Bounty Hunter um, would probably be the the list to to beat and Nova, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Yeah. So what are what are your picks? Are those your picks? Um, I think if you don't have uh, this. Coordinated fire is, but um, tauntauns. If if it doesn't have tauntauns in your list, um, I think tauntauns are just going to win the tournament. Is what I think. Yeah, I I you know I think I don't know, man. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of buzz about tanks too. Whether it's a single or double tank list, uh, the double tanks have been doing well on uh, TTS. And so- I want to believe, man, but I just. Um- I just think it's one of those one of those like uh, Joker's Wild type lists. I, where, I feel that you know. So this is this is this is what I think is likely to happen. Like two or three people show up with some tanks, which is fine, but statistically the odds are not great for them like reaching the final pool. What I do think is going to happen is like twenty to thirty people are going to show up with Tauntauns in their lists. Yep. Um, whether that be you know. Wonder Twins with Tauntauns instead of Snipers and some like an extra core unit or two or, you know, Luke plus Tauntauns plus core units plus Snipers, which is what I ran this weekend, which I was startled at how good it was, frankly. Um, And I mean, there's a lot of people have been messing around with Leia Tauntauns plus kind of like the full kit caboodle for a while. And I just think I just think there's going to be so many variations and so many Tauntauns that yeah the tanks might be able to stop a couple tauntaun lists but tanks are still generally weak to gun lines especially especially empire gun lines yeah and that's nova fair is, nova is just like a hotbed for empire gun lines <laughs> like yeah that's a- well let me ask you this do you think with all the conversation that's been going around on tauntauns that that's going to make people adjust their list away from gun lines, which would create an opening for a tank, a good tank list. I mean, like like a legit tank list uh, to to make to make a hard push at Nova. Um, I mean, it's I I think that if you're not playing Tauntauns, you're probably playing a gun line. Okay. I I don't know. Or I mean, I guess I could see some rebels messing with. Some rotaries, um, instead of tauntauns. Like we, we we've seen that in a couple of like RPQs and stuff. Um, well, I guess the answer. But, yeah, the question is: Are people going to be countering 
tauntauns knowing that they're coming which gun lines really iffy on on tauntauns right so well well that's kind of the funny thing i think that most gun lines are pretty bad against tauntauns kyle and i were talking about this a little earlier today um i do think that krennic is probably the best at it like as far as like actual tauntaun counters krennic krennic gun line is probably pretty close now you still got to kill them before they hit you. But the thing about Tauntauns is that I don't think putting um, a ton of effort into countering them is super effective just because all of the counters that exist are very inefficient generally mm-hmm. outside of Krennic. Well, like right. Kyle, you said last week, the number one counter is suppression, basically. Um, right, suppression and Hunter, both of which you can easily get in a chronic Bosk list, you know, and range four, all of which are present in chronic Bosk. So, um, you know, I think, I think you're right, Mike, in that, like, when you say that the, the count, the quote unquote counters to Tauntauns are, they're at least less efficient than the Tauntauns themselves, generally speaking, like that's the problem. And we can get into this, um, you know, when you talk about your experience last weekend, but like, if you're, if you've got Tauntauns and they're running into your lines and causing all kinds of havoc, you're probably going to kill them. But by the time you do that, you're going to have spent so much effort doing so that you're going to have a bunch of depleted and suppressed units. And your opponent, like, you know, one of the lists that we've talked about was a 12 activation Leia gun line with two Tauntauns in it. You know, like by the time you're done dealing with your opponent's Tauntauns, you're going to have spent so much effort doing so, your opponent's going to have like untouched 6z6s and Leia coming up in your grill so um like i don't think that i don't know that it's wise to go out of your way to try and shoehorn like irg into a veers boss gun line or something like that um i don't like if 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 the list was not efficient to begin with don't try and like force some kind of notional tauntaun counter in there um with the expectation of facing them if that makes sense yeah, I, I will say that overall, I think that this, um, I'm going to put in problems in air, this problem in air quotes, because um, I don't actually think it's a problem, actually uh, kind of shows that um, when you're building a list, you should just build it to do whatever it's trying to do as best as possible and play to your strengths. And if it happens to like, like any competent player is going to be able to deal with tauntauns to some degree like you're you're, they're not going to blow you out if you know how to handle them they're going to be a pain in the butt um i don't you know i i've seen a lot of stuff kind of on facebook and stuff oh man they're overpowered it's this you know second coming of luke skywalker and it's it might be the second coming of Luke Skywalker and that like Tauntauns are just going to be everywhere for Rebels. But I also sort of feel, felt like Rebels didn't have an identity up until this point. And if Cavalry is going to be their identity, at least for the time being, I'm okay with that. Like that's, that's unique and it feels cool. And I don't know. Anyways, point being, I think that when you're building your list, you shouldn't just like, toss counters in there on the off chance that you play tauntauns unless unless you like really are trying to shoot down the meta but i don't see anything in 
the current world of Legion that exists that's like, oh, if I put put that in my list, I just win 100% of the games I have against Tauntauns. Like, that, that's just not a thing. Right. And if it was a thing, you know, it might, if it was terrible against every other list, it might not still be a great idea. Right. Like, that's the other half of it. Because, like, that already exists to some degree Like it, for other problems. Like, Ion is a thing that's in the game. If vehicles were overwhelming like technically speaking you could overload your list with ion and pretty much win every vehicle matchup you ever had but ion's also not very good right now but just because it seems overpriced but um like theoretically you could do that and you could probably win like 95 percent of your games against like double tank lists if you had six guns with ion um but you lose so much of a percentage in every other matchup that I just don't think it's worth it. And I think right. the same premise sort of applies here. Yeah, I agree. But I don't even think there is a thing like like a analog for Tauntauns anyway, if you wanted to do that. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so either. Um, and I do think, you know, uh, you, you were talking about suppression kind of being a weak point um, for them. I think that turning the tide is almost mandatory in every Tauntaun list. I'm not saying that it's 100% mandatory, but I do think that it's um, it's up there. <clears throat> and and strict orders if you're running them with Leia. Yes, if you if you've got a command spot to splare, um, that's also a big deal. Yep. But yeah, so I think I think the the moral of the story here, so to speak, is take things that are good against them, but are also good against other things like hunter, like suppressive weapons like range four weapons if you're if you're an empire player which you know to the extent that um like i'm i'm still not personally settled on a list but to the extent that i'm uh i would play an empire list it would probably still be just chronic bosk with those things in it you know so that i can handle tauntauns but also so that i have enough tools to deal with you know the other 70 percent of the list that i'm going to see that are still probably going to be gun lines so all right. Good talk. You guys got any other Nova thoughts? Uh, it's going to be fun. I would encourage everyone that is going. One of the things I love about Nova is that um, unlike some of the other conventions we get to go to, uh, it's very easy to explore other games. And while I'm an avid supporter of Star Wars Legion, there is also a multitude of other awesome games that are out there. Um, so I would encourage everyone to just, you know, cruise the show floor for a bit and um, spread your wings. Yep. Yeah, Nova's great for that. And there, there will be some time because it's only, it's only three rounds on a given day. So um, unless you're like leaving immediately after it's over, you know, to get to do bedtime with your kids or something, um, then you should have some time to, uh, <laughs> you should have some time to, cruise around that's a, very, so. that's a very specific example kyle <laughs> you know just hypothetically <laughs> uh, all right so um you guys want to move on to legion 101 yeah let's do it it's time for legion 101 classes in session i know we haven't talked about them very much but we're going to talk a little bit about tauntauns in legion 101 um, <laughs> I already know what we're going to call this episode. I know. Um, do, do you know what it is? No. It's the second marker. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, 
yeah, so we are going to talk about measuring distance. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We So we had an entire episode on this like way back when we first started. I think it might have even been our second episode ever. Um, but that's been a while. It's been like 45 episodes. So we're going to talk about measuring again. Um, specifically because it's it's always been very important. But when you have things that can charge you at almost range three, um, it becomes more important. So uh, there are... So let's just talk about the measuring rules real quick because there are some, some misconceptions here. Um, you can use the range ruler whenever you want on any distance or model that you want. Um, you can only use the move template uh, by putting it against the leaders, the unit leader's base that is currently activating. Um, so you cannot like measure on the table with the move template uh, unless you're you know, putting it on a unit leader's base that's currently activating. Um, a common misconception there is that doing so obligates you to move that unit. That is not true. Um, you can do that and then decide not to move or do something else and then move later. Um, you know, putting that, you, you, that's, that's a form of pre-measuring that's essentially allowed. It does not obligate you to do anything. Now, you know, if you pick that dude up, um, at least by rules, that, that sort of obligates you to move them. I usually let my opponent... And maybe this is a, a TTS habit, because at least on Tabletop Simulator, um, it's actually explicitly allowed because there's no range ruler to you know put the dude at the end of the tool and then measure and then decide not to move. Um, I usually allow that in in-person games too, just because it's like sometimes you put the guy at the end of the tool and it's you know you don't get the sight line you expected or whatever. Um, I don't like, I don't personally force my opponent to actually make a move in that situation, but um, you know at least by raw you could. Um, but yeah, putting the, the template down doesn't obligate you to move. Um, if there's one range to know, it is that a speed two move with a trooper mini uh, is just shy of range one. So this is this is something again. Um, <clears throat> I remember we had talked about this a long time ago, but there's a lot of new players out there, right? And so one of the things that just popped up on the Facebook group again was if I put a objective range one outside of deployment can i get to it with a speed two from from a trooper unit which the answer is no, no. because it's let it's right. like <clears throat> and the problem is without reading into it and just looking it looks like it's close but it's like what like a 16th of an inch off or something it's it, it's off it's it's not a full range yeah, the reason for this is that the trooper bases are 25 millimeters, uh, which, you know, 254 millimeters is an inch. Um, and also the um, the bases and the movement tool are beveled. That's that angle there. So uh, even though the movement tool is exactly five inches long, uh, the base itself is ever so slightly less than one inch. Um, and then the bevel shortens that distance a little more. So you're basically like, you know, a couple millimeters short, but you know, as you noted, it's it's important for a number of, of reasons. The first is objectives. Uh, there's there's no objective that without recon until you can currently move and claim, because they all are required to be at least range one from um, as far as boxes and evaporators and stuff are concerned, at least range one from deployment zones. Um, it's also important for things like shooting to the extent that. Um, you know, if you're at exactly range whatever, so if you're at exactly range three and, uh, 
you know, you put yourself at exactly range three of a fleet trooper unit, which is range two. Um, geometrically, they should not be able to move and then shoot you. Because that would put them at just shy of, of range two after they moved, right? Um, so same is true of like a Luke charge. If you put yourself at exactly range two of Luke, you know, two range two, I'm sorry, two speed two moves are going to be just shy of that distance. So um, that's why like, you know, if you watch some of the, the competitive streams, um, a lot of the player audio doesn't get picked up. I think at Worlds some of it did, but you'll hear people a lot doing like, I'm going to put this guy at exactly range whatever. And, um, you know, it's always good to talk about intent when you're talking about movement. If you're doing something like that, go ahead and state why you're doing it. You know, this is not a game like with a lot of hidden information where you're you're playing gotcha with your opponent. So, like, usually... Sure. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be. It's not yeah. not usually. Um, yeah. So, you know, usually I'll 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 put that tool down. I'll say, you know, I'm I'm going here at exactly range three, uh, and I'm doing that so that I can shoot you. And then if you clear your suppression, you won't be able to move and be in range to shoot me back. Um, so it's it's always a good idea not only to say like what your intent is with the distance, but also why you're doing it, so that when it comes up later, it's there's no argument about it. So. Good habits. Yep. Um, also, just something with, with measuring ranges that's super important is um, range is many to many, unless it says specifically otherwise. Uh, one of those instances is the most common thing you measure range for, which is attack range, um, which is a unit leader to many. So there's, there's sort of this misconception often I see that um, range is unit leader to unit leader or unit leader to many for a lot of other things like treat for medical droids um, or command or uh, uh, panic or bubble range, range um, which which doesn't normally come into play because most commanders are single units but like if your commander dies and you nominate a unit that's a squad you can actually spread out their cohesion and increase the size of your panic bubble um, so uh, things like that you know it's it's many to many unless it says otherwise and I think other than arming and attack range, I think pretty much everything is mini to mini. Most relevant with with medical droids, but um, also going to be relevant for things like droids with coordinate and stuff like yep. that. So. And clones with token sharing. Yeah, it's going to be huge, and the the game's going to very much change the way you measure moving kind of forward into. September here. Yep. So be ready uh, for that. A couple other just rules things about range. There are different terms that are used, including at range and within range. Um, at range means just that the you know you're essentially touching with that range band. Um, within means entirely within. So anytime you see the term within, like for example on breakthrough, you got to be entirely within the deployment zone. Um, whereas like an intercept that says at range one, which just means that you got to be you know. Like tools got to touch some part of your unit leader's base. Um, you guys want to talk about tauntaun distances? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much just infinite, right? Yeah, they they just teleport across the table. Yeah, <laughs> just like boom, they're in your face. Yeah, it's wherever you don't want them to be <laughs> <with> their distance. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um. 
the so this this is another situation where knowing the distances of the movement tools and the widths of the bases helps. So the speed three movement tool is seven inches, um, and the Tauntaun base is the same size as a speeder bike base, which is a little over an inch. So a Tauntaun charge range is like something like sixteen and a half inches, which is no, it's more like seventeen, which is about an inch shy of range three, because each range band is six inches. So. Um, Tauntauns can charge, if they have two moves, almost to range three. If you're measuring that in a game against Tauntauns. <laughs> so don't move like inside range three and shoot them. Move to exactly range three and shoot them. And, and guess what? Even then, it doesn't matter because they've got guns. Their guns are really good, too. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of guns, their gun range is, is basically that distance plus range two, which is like range five. <laughs> you have four red dice is no joke with sharpshooter yeah um yeah good. so they can still reach out and touch you like mike's tauntauns did to my snow troopers in our game <laughs> <laughs> i'm like it around the other side of the table i'm good i've gone over that game in my head so many times i should have won that stupid thing <laughs> You didn't, though. <laughs> no, because I don't play Rebels, and I, you know, messed up some things. Um, you got greedy. You got greedy out I, of flying this side. I literally yeah. got greedy. That is exactly yeah. what happened. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk about our game. Actually, the next section is the Huzzah Tourney. So um, I, that was, a, compared to our episode on measuring, that was a super short thing, but do you guys have anything more to say about measuring? It's kind of a boring topic, but I feel like it's important. Mm. I have uh, I have a question on something else. Okay, <clears throat> is it related to measuring? No. Okay. Well, uh, it's a it's a rule. Okay. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Spit it. Uh, so cover with tauntauns. What about it? Go on. How does it work, Kyle? Uh, so they give light cover because they're creature troopers. Right, and then from uh, barricades and stuff, the rule is you can't if you can't see the base. Do creature do creature units troopers get cover from barricades and stuff like that? That's a complicated one to answer, but it is fairly simple. I know. Um, if the answer is they can walk over it with unhindered, they really shouldn't get cover from it. Yeah, and actually, so there is an explicit bullet under creature troopers that says they do not get cover from barricades. Um, because at least by rules as written, barricades are the only like actually defined, specifically defined piece of terrain in the RG, and it just says that they give cover to troopers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which even though a Tauntaun is more than twice the height of a barricade, in theory they would get it. But it's there's a specific bullet under the creature trooper rule that says they don't get cover from barricades. So okay. bear that in mind, people. There's there's also um, Mike noted another sort of way that they differ from trooper units is with movement. Um, trooper units can move over anything unless it's specifically impassable like lava or something like that they can move over anything that's less than their height so as long as it's under their head they can move over it uh, now they might that might be a difficult move um, reduce speed move um, creature troopers are like vehicles it has to be less than half their height so no teleporting under a or over a, <laughs> a wall or something that's like um, you know 90 percent the height of a tauntaun you can't do that so yeah it, it's convenient because it also that's like pretty much the same rule as whether or not like when you decide at the beginning of the game what terrain gives tauntauns cover if it doesn't give if it's not tall enough to give a tauntaun cover 
they should probably be able to walk over it. Right. I, I'm sure that there are probably some like weird corner case things because terrain can get wonky, but generally speaking, um, if they can walk over it, they don't get cover from it. There we go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Most of the cover you get with Tonatons is going to be by using that second Tonaton model to swing cohesion behind a line of sight blocker. Yep. Which is fun to do. <laughs> Tauntauns and heavy cover with dodge tokens is silly. <laughs> There's so many things that are silly about Tauntauns. Yes, we'll talk Speaking about them shortly. Yeah, why don't we move on to our... Um... So if you want more on measuring, uh, listen to episode, I think it's episode two. We did like a whole episode on measuring and why you do measuring and all that. Old school. I believe yeah. the title of the episode is Always Be Measuring. It is. Coffee is, you coffee is for pre-measurers. I didn't even look that up. <laughs> Have you seriously not seen that movie? What? No, I no, I've seen that. Oh, seen okay. That oh, you didn't even look that up. You didn't even look up the name of the episode. I'm yeah, sorry. like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I remembered that. That's crazy. Okay. I, don't, I don't remember things offhand that are like useless knowledge. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so yeah, always be measuring episode two or three or something like that. Go listen to that. It's two. It's at the, Two, it is two. All right, mm-hmm. verified. Yes. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, let's talk about this tourney we played last weekend. Get ready for advanced tactics. All right, so um, Mike and I did a. This was a Nova Prep tourney at Huzzah Hobbies, mm-hmm. which is in Ashburn, Northern Virginia. As as Mike already alluded to, we got a tough crowd here in Northern Virginia, which is a good thing. Uh, but it also means these practice tourneys are tough, <laughs> which makes them good practice tourneys. It wouldn't be a good practice tourney if it wasn't a, a tough slog. So, um, Mike, why don't you talk first? What did you bring since we're since we're already talking about tauntauns? Yeah, so um, I have a little bit of liberty here to mess around since I already have an invite. So I decided to get a little wonky. Um, I had already decided I was going to play Rebels at Nova. So I decided I was going to practice with some rebels because I didn't want to show up cold. I don't I don't play nearly enough with rebels. Um, so uh, I showed up with Luke with um, force push, mind trick, and stims. Um, four Z six units, one other Z six unit that also had a medic, two snipers, and two tauntauns with uplinks. Um, so I essentially cut Leia a core unit and a sniper um, for the Tauntauns. It's 10 activations. Um, I thought it was going to be a difficult list to run um, activation control wise and like timing wise. I was really wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It it was really good. Um, So... I'm just going to get on the Tauntaun soapbox and tell you why you as a Rebel player should take them. Um, everything in this game, with the exception of pretty much force-using units, gets two actions every turn. Tauntauns get somewhere in the realm of 7 to 11, depending on what you're doing. And let me walk you through those. Um, 
so your first move action nets you a reposition, which is essentially a pivot, which is one action. You get the actual move, which is two. Then you get a dodge token, which is three. You get to do that twice for a total of six. Then you get to shoot or melee something. So you essentially netted seven actions. So you might be asking, hey, Mike, they don't take any other actual actions. Where does the remaining four come from? I would make the argument <clears throat> that if you charge something with tauntauns and are able to trigger ram, each point of ram is um, essentially equivalent to something more than one aim token because you are the average aim token is roughly equivalent to one hit. Um, and ram two is equivalent to two crits, which is significantly better than two hits. Um, so we can say that if you're ramming something, a tauntaun on average gives you an <laughs> nine actions, which is obnoxiously good. Um, and that's kind of just, and that doesn't even talk about the suppression they lay down for like displacing trooper units. Um, yeah, if you if you run back and forth over a couple core units, you've just used Jedi mind trick on all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can you can Jedi mind trick like four units in in one turn. Um, so you know you tack that on, you're like up to like fifteen actions. You know, um, of which some of those actions are completely unique to force using units only. Um, so there, what I'm trying to say here is they're incredibly powerful. And that's why I took this list, because I wanted to see exactly how powerful they were and if they kind of lived up to the hype. Um, they do. They live up to the hype. They're very good. Um, I, if I, I personally, playing Rebels, probably wouldn't leave home without them. Um, over the course of three games, uh, they fit my playstyle well. They're super aggressive. Um, they take the fight to the enemy immediately. They're very difficult to kill. Um, you know, I played John Brader round one. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I shot with a Z6 unit once and swung Luke's lightsaber once. And I think the Tauntauns essentially tabled the rest of his army. Um, and it was just... They're really good. Um I don't know what else to say about the tournament other than Tauntauns are freaking amazing. Um, and Rebels should be, you know, praising their their uh, furry, furry savior. Well, it's like they just basically took every single good thing about every unit and just put it on these guys. Right? Yeah, with the exception of like giving them a force slot. <laughs> right, right. Like you get free dodge. You you get to attack after moving. You get to you get a you you get to move three. You got ram. You can change whatever you want to a crit. Like what? Come on, man. Like if you're playing rebels and you're not taking these, you're crazy. I mean, I think that there are lists. Like I think Wonder Twins is probably perfectly serviceable still, but um, I mean, so one thing that I I will note is that um, right now a lot of people's game plan or uh, the game plan of gunline lists don't work for how a lot of people want to play this game. In that gunline lists need to be pretty, very conservative. They need to not get super aggressive and like hang their own units out to dry. 
they survive on high activation counts. And losing one or two units in a gun line list is a really big deal. Tauntauns kind of turn that on its head to some degree and say, I just want to go first every turn after turn one and butcher as many things as possible. And when the smoke clears, I'll, I'll have killed enough things that I am winning. Um, and I think this is kind of the first close combat assault unit that I would say has entered the game. I know we've got Wookiees, and I know we've got IRG. They just, they don't, um, the, you know, we've talked about them as linebackers before. That's their role. Tauntauns are close assault units. Yep. Yeah, this is an analogy is like, for those that have played 40K, like corn berserkers, right? Yeah. yeah. Where, These are your assault assault Marines with jump packs that are just like, you know, have two close combat weapons and a pistol and are just like grinding it up with your opponent as soon as possible. Um, yep. They've got one job and it's to get up in your opponent's grill and kill as many things as quickly as possible. Yeah. I feel like they're what, from an empire perspective before, like when snipers came out, this is what we wanted bikes to be right. Like bikes basically became ineffectual because of snipers, because you just couldn't be aggressive with them because they couldn't survive that long. But these are basically what we always wanted bikes to be, right? Like just run them, run them in, and be super aggressive and and get it done. I, w- I would say the answer to that is to some extent, yeah. I you know um, a lot of people have been making the comparison between bikes and tauntauns, and I think for the most part it's fair. Um, I will say that due to how the creature trooper rules work, their roles are very different in that, um, you know, bikes are kind of a hit-and-run unit. Tauntauns are a kind of, like, hit-it-and-stick-with-it type deal. You know, once you hit, you you can just sit in melee and not get shot at um, yeah. if you hit the right units, you know. And, and that's a huge deal for being able to, you know, continue their survival rate. You know, either force the unit that you're in combat with to withdraw or hit a unit that... Um, has already gone so that they literally can't shoot your tauntauns. Um, they're just so much more sticky as far as staying on the board goes that um, they really fit the close assault a lot better. That's You want your close combat units to like get in the thick of it, kill a bunch of stuff, and then disrupt your opponent's plans. Um, bikes have a hard time with the second half of that equation. Right. Yeah, I think they're actually very different roles. Um, you know, bikes are a harassing unit. Tauntauns are a in your face. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also worth noting that um, <clears throat> the tauntauns can flex a bit too, um, and that their guns um, are uh, very good at also harassing things. If you if that's what you want to be doing, um, if you can't quite. Uh, kind of get the like last first you need to get the tauntauns into melee you can ride out shoot ride back into cover or behind a line of sight blocking terrain and they can kind of you know bide their time until they can actually make that charge that you need them to make um i did want to talk about briefly um 
like the the math on their separate attack pools um because like on its face um i sort of feel like their attack pools are a little bit deceptive um so their range attack pool is what 28 of 8 which is uh 3.5 average hits kyle yep yeah so um 3.5 average hits and their melee attack pool is technically 26 out of 8 um which is like 3.25 average hits um however if you ram something that essentially is 3.25 plus 2 so it's 5.25 I, I don't know if that's exactly how the math works out but that's like kind of the quick and dirty of it it's pretty close because you're right. turning you're turning misses into crits right um, so if if you don't have any misses to turn into crits then you've already scored hits on that <laughs> yeah. yeah the answer so, is the, the, the floor is the floor on on a charge attack it is two um right which is which is insane if you think about it. There's really no attack in the game right now um, that I can think of off the top of my head that has a floor that isn't zero. Right, their floor is literally two. Yes. Yeah. If they're if they've triggered ram, um, right. which is which is good to know. It's also good to know that if you cannot trigger ram, you are better off shooting your opponent than meleeing them. And that's important because um, you can move out of melee, shoot whatever you just moved out of melee with, and then move back into melee with them. Yep. Um, so, you know, you want to be making sure it's it's kind of like a little bit marginal value, but four red dice on average are going to be significantly better than two black or four black, two white, at least from a consistency perspective, um, if you're not triggering ram. And you get an extra suppression that way. Yes. So you can you can trample a unit, turn around, shoot them, and then trample them again, and dish out three suppression to one unit if you want. Yeah. Um, it's also worth noting that that shooting uh, scenario there breaks down if they're in heavy cover against your attack. But generally speaking, with how creature troopers work, you should be able to deny them their heavy cover. Like you should be able to just get behind whatever is providing them the cover most of the time. Yep. Because hmm. they're so fast. Um, so the, their attack pools are a little bit wonky as to how they work. You know, um, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you can't ram something, shoot it with your gun. But but you should always try and ram something if you can. <clears throat> yeah, that's the shorthand of all that. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about our game at all? sure we didn't talk about our game um i want to caveat it with i am generally speaking an aggressive player and this time i was playing an aggressive list and i played it much more aggressively than i should have in this game uh before we kick into the game though you should probably set the stage with um what you ran okay so i ran emperor palpatine um this is essentially the same list that I talked about last week. Um, it is the Emperor with Anger and Strict Orders. Uh, four Stormtrooper units, one of which is naked but has a medic. And then, so I guess it's not naked, but no DLT. Um, three with DLTs. 
uh, Snows with Recon and Frags, um, IRG with Tenacity, and then three Snipers. Um, so it's 10 activations. It's very similar to R1's Worlds list, except I shifted a couple things around and messed with the upgrades a little bit. Um, but otherwise, it's basically that. It's sort of the quote-unquote classic 10-activation Palpatine list. Um, so these were my... <laughs> I played previously just one game with Palp before this tournament, so these were my next three. Um, and they were all as hilarious and fun as my first game was. <laughs> um <laughs> So Palpatine has, we already talked about this last week, so I won't talk too much about Palpatine, but he has a couple of great things going for him. The first is that people are inexperienced against him. So, um, and he very strongly punishes um, mistakes. So, and he hits really hard <laughs> yes. with, with certain cards and combinations. So it's uh, not unusual for an opponent that is inexperienced against Palp for him to for them to essentially like blunder into your your um, roundhouse kicks, which is essentially what happened in my first game. Um, I played a, a, a local guy, Alan, who was running uh, Chronic Bosk, um, and we um, it was on intercepts, and uh, it was a it was a map that had some good line of sight blockers near the center. Um, he kind of like rushed the middle um, that middle intercept point early. Uh, and I moved up behind that line of sight blocker with the IRG and Palpatine and the Snows, and I, <laughs> I did the you know give into your anger into pull the strings on the Snows into and now you will die and basically killed everything. <laughs> so, um, Palpatine's really good at uh, you know a game that's like at least appearing to be even, or maybe if you're behind. Um, you know, if he's close enough and if the IRG and the Snows are close enough, suddenly just, like, deleting anywhere between four and six activations off the table in the space of just a couple actions. Um, and my second game was actually another Palpatine player. It was um, uh, a guy named Howard, and uh, he was doing the same thing as me. He was a Rubble player. He's like, but I've never played Palpatine, so I wanted to try him for this thing. Um, so we had very similar lists. Um, he was running something closer to Matt Kish's list, where he had Death Troopers that he was using pull the strings on. Um, this game was much more of a grind. It was a pretty open table. Um, but ultimately, my uh, snipers, my four snipers, because of pull the strings, um, just kind of wore him down. Um, and then my last game was against you, Mike. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel good about this game, even though I lost it. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> so you were you were kicking my butt after the first two turns. Yeah. Um, you had essentially. So it was recover supplies. Um, I, I, think I, I feel confident in saying that I won turn zero. Though yes. I think mostly because you made a mistake as to what table side you picked. Right. So I misjudged. <laughs> I blatantly just like didn't measure where the center of the table was before picking table side, which you should always do. Um, always and be I, measuring people. Yep. I, I blatantly much judged where it was, um, and it turns out the center of the table was much closer to several line of sight blockers and good cover on what ultimately ended up being Mike's side of the table than mine um, because I thought it was in a different spot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after turn zero, um, I think recover was in the, in the third slot, which you forced. Um and it was essentially like right on the other side of a wall that was, it was less than, than range one from the other side of a wall on your side. Yeah. 
which means that Luke, who you had, um, you know, uh, at any given moment could just jump over that wall, grab it as the last activation, and then the first activation on the next turn, jump back over and run away with the game. Um, That was the plan. (laughs) Yep. So Palpatine is good at disrupting, to some degree, plans. Um, Ultimately, it was a soft disrupt, because I think, as you noted, if you didn't get overly aggressive, it, it... uh, you probably would have been fine. But basically, I played given to your anger on the first turn uh, so that you can go last with Luke. Yep. It's like one of the only situations where I think going given to your anger on turn one is actually good. Right. And only for forcing a specific unit to go first, not for the suppression. Yeah. Although that turned out to be at least relevant on turn two. It did. It did. Sort of. Um, kind of I guess. Yeah. Um, so uh, I forced Luke to go first. He couldn't, you know, do the last grab the box thing. It gave me a little bit of time to try and push up into the middle. Um, but also a table side mistake. I like this giant building in between myself and the box. <laughs> so I had to go around it, which, you know, with Snows and Palpatine is, um, takes some doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the time Palpatine got around the side of the building, I had just like eaten your Royal Guard and Snowtroopers for like free. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's essentially what happened. Um, you took a first, I think it was a first turn shot on the snows with one of your Tauntaun units and killed three of them yeah. in one shot. And, uh, and that was not a charge either, if I recall correctly. No, that, yeah, that was a pistol shot. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. They were in heavy cover, but it was one of those like you rolled four hits, you know, cause the red dice and that's what happens when you roll four red dice. Um, yeah. I mean, and then, uh, I rolled three red dice saves and they were all blank. <laughs> um, that happens. It does, but the point is, like, like three hits, you know, from across the table, essentially, um, on a unit and heavy cover is a good result. Like, that's a strong attack. Yeah, it's, um, like, way better than a DLT ever will be. Right, and that's also better than a Z6. So, um, you know, the fact, the fact that I rolled three blanks certainly is a little bit below average, but that's notwithstanding that that is a very strong attack. Yeah. Um, I was able to significantly damage one of your Tauntaun units on that turn with some snipers. Um, yeah, yeah, you did. Um, which came came into play later. Did it? Yeah, it did. Um, so basically what happened is you ate my snows, um, you ate my Royal Guard, and I had not killed anything yet at that point. Correct. Uh, you used the medic charge to bring back a Tauntaun, the one that I, I did, which is also a sweet. Everybody, I just want yeah. to know that it's just like, hey, you wanted medic value? Here's this fifty point unit you get to put back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm like, all right, uh, I've got, I'm down. I think the RG were not actually dead at that point, but there was one dude left in combat with Luke. Yeah, I mean, he he was dead for the purposes of pull the strings, right? Right, like right. So I'm down essentially two activations, um, and you, I haven't killed anything, and uh, you're in a position now where you can grab the box. So basically, what happened is at this point, Palpatine was close enough to um, potentially play, and now you will die. Yeah. Um, I think you got a little aggressive, and you moved some Z6s and the Tauntauns up into the middle to try and like essentially finish me off. The, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you walk through your thought process here. Yeah. So at the end of the turn two, like. You've got like three DLT units 
uh, naked stormtrooper with a medic, Palpatine, and three snipers that are sitting out and bumping somewhere. So I'm essentially dealing with, like, <laughs> you can you can blank that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so you, I'm essentially dealing with three core units in Pelp in the middle of the table at this point. Um, and against, like, the entirety of my army. So I was like, well... I'm just going to finish him. And so I moved some Z6 units up. And the fact of the matter is I didn't need to do that. I could have just sat there and waited for you to come to me. Had all my guys in heavy cover. You would have had limited and now you would have die shots. And I could have just taken the box whenever I wanted. But what ended up happening is my guys got lightning to death. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's pretty much sums it up. Yeah, so I mean, I tried to kind of um, get a little, uh, I don't know, finicky with it. And um, I played Ambush to counteract, and now you'll die. And I won priority, which was great. So I ran over my own units to give them light cover from Palpatine's attack from the suppression tokens. And then I rammed Palpatine, resulting in one wound, which was a little bit unfortunate. So it caused a couple of things. First, he had to chew through an entirely healthy um, Tauntaun unit with two dodge tokens before he could do anything else, because Tauntauns maybe can withdraw from combat, but Palpatine can't, um, which is a pretty sweet rule. Um, but you were able to get like get your wound back and weather the storm and put some mobilized tokens on Luke. Which yeah, so cost me the game. Had you not been able to put those mobilized tokens down, I would have won handily. I think. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the best features of a now you'll die right is those immobilized tokens. Yeah. So I was able to fry the tauntauns and then I moved and then I double zapped Luke to put to put two tokens on him and he was sitting next to the box in the open, essentially, at the start of the next turn. Yeah. Um, and by that point, I had also killed several of your Z6s with other various things, including, uh, I think, just a normal lightning shot on the previous turn. Um, and then the snipers. So, um, yeah, essentially, like, going into turn, what was that, like, four, probably? Um, it was one of those, like, huge one-turn swings with a Palpatine list where you just lose, like, six activations in one turn. Yep. Um, so the lesson there is uh, don't be aggressive versus Palpatine <laughs> yeah I mean I, I like learn I relearn that every time I play him I think, <laughs> to some degree generally it's not nearly as devastating as it was in this game um, the other aspect of that is had my Tauntaun charge been effective I think um, like it's just as likely there that like he could have taken three wounds as opposed to one I mean, maybe not just as likely, but in the same ballpark. Um, yeah, I had a little a bit of an above-average roll um, yeah. on defense, and if I could easily have had a below-average one, and that would have made a difference. So yeah, it would it would have been it, yeah, because then you wouldn't have been able to chew through the tauntauns and do something else. Right. Um. So because I think I think you had to burn three attacks on the tauntauns. I did. Um, yep. Which is itself kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so remember when we were talking about inefficient ways to kill Tauntauns, guys? And now you will die as an inefficient way to kill Tauntauns. Yeah. 
Yeah, using three, <laughs> three, causing three wounds to help with an eye, you will die to kill one unit of Tauntauns. Not a- <laughs> I know, I know uh, you guys yeah. are both like Mike's a little frustrated with the game, but like, God, it sounds fun. It sounds like that was a really fun game. It was, it, it was, a, it was a super fun game. And I, I wouldn't have given up that experience for the world, but, um, you know, I, I it was, it, there was a lot of learning to be had. You know, I do think that there is some, like, the fact that I was like, oh man, I need cover on my core units. You know what I should do? I should run them over with my own cavalry was, was a little bit weird to of a conclusion to come to, but I think it was the right one. Um, it did allow me to plop them in less advantageous spots. It did, but I think you had them anyways. Um, Probably, yeah. Uh, at least against Pelp, you know. Um, so... I don't know. It, it was kind of a weird situation that should have never happened, and will never. I'm not gonna say it will never happen again, but uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like if I was playing any other list than I'm normally used to playing, I would have been impatient. But I was like, I've got tauntauns. I'm gonna kill stuff, and um, you know, that's what I came there to do. So that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you know, it's one of like Palpatine's really good at. Essentially, you you put the you put the gas pedal down like you were you were in a winning position. You put the gas pedal down to try and close it out, and Palpatine just threw up a brick wall in front of your car. Yeah, that's that's literally what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, the Z six units were closing in to just like finish off your core units and stuff, and um, you know, Luke was pretty healthy at that point. Like he was healthy enough that it wasn't going to be an issue to get the box out of there. Um, you know, also. I mentioned this Saturday of the tournament. Luke's lightsaber sucks. Oh uh, my god! It does, yeah. I get I get anxiety every time I pick up those six black dice. I'm not talking about the dice. I'm talking about the lightsaber. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It sticks yeah, yeah. up over the top both, of everything. They, they both I suck. Never. I mean, I think his attacks great frankly like the the actual dice roll of the attack fine that's great i don't have a problem with that perfectly the statistics on it are fantastic i'll take luke's attack any day and for whatever reason i tend to roll better with luke's lightsaber than vader's but that's another time um (laughs) but i just like i was like i would really like to hide luke behind this wall that's like larger than his model oh i can't do that this is great wonderful um yeah literally before the game it was like uh you putting luke next to these various terrain pieces and being like can you see him here can you see him here can you see him here like welcome to my world it's like oh this is abysmal so yeah. I sympathize with you, Rebel players. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I guess your best unit, the best unit in the game, has to have some type of drawback. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a super. It was a super fun and wild game. It was. Um, and I'm. I'm really. Yeah, they are. And I'm really enjoying Palpatine. He's fun and hilarious. Um, like, there's no such thing as a normal, boring game with Palpatine. That's not a thing. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> have you have you had the privilege of playing Long March yet? No, it's not my deck. 
I mean, that would be crappy for Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason it's not in my deck. I played Disarray because that's in my deck over Long March. I think with Pelp um, too, because it takes him so long to position that I think as your like your opponent is almost by the time you're setting up the long game, like your opponent's so busy with the the turn to turn game that by the time the Pelp turn comes, they've kind of accidentally unposition you know put themselves in a position that's uh, not very uh good because they just kind of forgot the, <laughs> that there's a longer game that pelp plays yeah you know you're kind of doing like the normal like trading shots thing for the first few turns and then all of a sudden there's this like little old man with a cane and a rub and he's really close to your guys and then you're going into the command phase and you're like right, wait a minute right. Wait a yeah. minute, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah. You really want Krennic right there. You're like, man, I, I need voracious ambition. This yep. needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I, I, I don't, I mean, I surprised myself with how well he did. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm playing for Nova. Yeah. If, if I just like... Me, I think that you thought you were going to lose that game before that turn. I thought I was going to lose that game after turn zero. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, uh, I, and the, I I was just so confident moving into turn three. I love it when that happens, when you're doing yep. so well, and then you're like, I'm going to wipe this guy out. And then you're like, wait, what did I just do? Yeah. What just happened? Yeah. Yep, Legion's great like that. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about your team league list in our exploration section? I would love to. Let's go exploring with Notorious Scoundrels. So, uh, as many of you know, um, David may not be here today, but we still have Yavin-based team league going on. Um, I played a really spicy list um, this week. Uh, it was... Um, Fears with electro binoculars, aggressive tactics, and strict orders. Um, three shore troopers with T21Bs, two of which had medics, um, three mortars with comms relays, and uh, then two death troopers with just the heavy and the um, config and one sniper. That's right. You heard it here on Sniper. <laughs> um, <laughs> and to be honest, I, I'm not even sure if it should be on the list. It wasn't very good. But um, the list was awesome. So uh, for those of you that might not kind of see it um, just from the list building, the idea of the list is that um, pretty much you can have an order on um, three shore units plus something else every turn because each shore gets an order then coordinates it to the more coordinates another one to the mortar which then comms relay relay uh, comms relays that order to another shore which gets its own order and then generates another order and you kind of go down the line and then you pass the last order off to whatever you want to go um, and so the one order you give to the shores turns into four plus however many your other card, your the card you played gives. Um, 
what this is really good with is aggressive tactics because you can put search tokens on your shores. So pretty much every turn of the game, your shores have start the turn with an aim token and a search token, um, which significantly increases their damage output. Um, so yeah, uh, I played Undead Guy, um, and he I think placed second in the North Carolina Raleigh um, RPQ a little bit ago. Um, so he's pretty good. Um, that was this weekend, by the way. Congrats to Steve McLaughlin yes. for taking that one home. Um, and uh, so uh, the short story of this game is that he conceded at the end of turn two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, the, it's an alpha strike list. What's up? Yeah, it's an alpha strike list. This is, it's, so um, what this is essentially is, is five death trooper units in disguise. Um, it doesn't really become apparent until things start shooting, but, um, the damage output, like you're, you're putting five shots through heavy cover per unit per, per like large core unit or death trooper, like consistently. Um, yeah, that's kind of like the, the hidden, uh, hidden power of short troopers is with that T21 and with target. When you give them an order, they they hit almost as hard as Death Troopers at range three. Yeah, especially if, like, say you play coordinated fire, and all of a sudden, like the first shore might only have one aim token, but the other shores get two, um, or three if and, they actually take the aim action. <laughs> yes, or three. You know, so um, you just you just have a pile of aim tokens on your stuff, and you've got Death Troopers that are just stepping up and firing, and and once once your opponent weathers this alpha strike, um, you then follow up with you know three more suppressive guns. And this also does not include the fact that Veers has electro binoculars and hands out three aim tokens to three units of your choice on any given turn. Um, I'm actually not sure how I felt about that generally because I was doing so much damage without Veer's Ames tokens that I'm not sure that it was necessary, um, which was kind of weird. Uh, I, it, I think... It, go ahead. It almost seems like that setup would be better with Chronic. I had considered it um, after playing it with Veer's. I, I was kind of going for the token overload, but I do think that um, similar to the coordinated fires of yesteryear, um, going first with Veers is a significant opportunity cost when you're trying to just alpha your opponent out. Um, so I think that I might I might try Krennic on that next time. And Cunning is also very good for a build like that just because you can, you know, make it hurt even more. You, you're just going first every time. So, um, yeah, I mean, the game was obnoxious. Um, his... Leia got to take no actions, um, and you mean in the whole game? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean he took Leia and Sabine, and between the two of them, they took two actions. Holy crap! That's crazy. Um, it does yeah. sound like there's a little bit of uh, out of position deployment going on there, maybe. Well, we were playing on Lamu, which is pretty open. It's got those two buildings, 
But other than that, like everything else is like heavy cover. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, um, I mean, yeah, a lot of side blockers on that map are all in the middle, essentially. Yeah, and I controlled the middle, so <laughs> um, it just, you know, I, I think that uh, going back to the discussion we had earlier today, um, I, you know, I know short troopers and mortars aren't out yet, but th- they're going to change the gun line equation. I think um, pretty substantially. I, I don't think a rebel gun line can hold hold against a short trooper mortar death trooper gun line. I, I just I believe they're out this week, right? This they should be out Friday. Yep. Yeah, they're coming soon. Um, but uh, yeah, but, should be Friday. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just uh, I think to some extent, you know, rebel players need to embrace the tauntauns and kind of once shores are out move away from the gun line lists i think because the short trooper gun lines will eat you alive was kind of the analysis i came to speaking of embracing the tauntauns um one one i think important comment you made regarding your list during our game is uh how many of how many of luke's luke command cards were you playing with in that game uh yeah uh, so I was, I was playing with three um if i could have played with like six i probably would have yeah i mean <laughs> you know <laughs> Man. maybe i like we don't know what the one and two pips are for operative luke yet but um i i could see a case for turning the tide if his two pips not overly fantastic um but yeah, in the solo Luke Tauntaun list, I could see taking six, six Luke command cards pretty easily if they're good, you know. I mean, I think the point is that that's probably the first, you know, at least since Leia came out, the first like solo Luke commander list that is good. Um, and I think it's certainly gets even better when you add three command cards for free. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know the. The command card that we have seen um, likely would have won me the game that I lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yep. I, it, it would have, right? I don't know. I don't know if you were close enough to Palpatine. Well, I mean, at that I would point. have been able to plant for it, right? Yeah, right. Like you know, at the end of the other turn, where the at the end of the turn before the turn that it was like clear that you were gonna and now you'll die me. I would have just been like, no. <laughs> you don't get to do that <laughs> um so uh yeah i mean i just yeah luke luke's gonna have a lot of tools and i think that you know we're gonna which is cool i think rebels finally having access to like a like a good one commander list is is not a bad thing um no because that's not really been a thing for them so far yeah Anything that is going to diversify um, the meta, I think, is good. And I, I think that, you know, um, we've been talking about Tauntauns today. We're talking about Short Troopers and Palpatine and stuff. You know, that's all changing in the next two weeks um, or, or has changed already. And the, the biggest change hasn't even happened yet in that, like, within a month we're gonna have two more factions in the game like everything's about to be turned on its head and it feels amazing to me that 
um, I, I think that we're going to, instead of being stuck in like a meta where there's like somewhere in the realm of like three to five, like tier one ish lists, I think we're going to be someplace where it's closer to 10 or 12. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's cool to me. I agree. Yeah. I love it. And we're like, you, you noted earlier in the show, just briefly how we're starting to see rebels actually get something of a faction identity. Um, you know, it started trending this way with Sabine, and people were running Luke Sabine, and now it's trending even further with Tauntauns. Rebels are essentially like the mobility aggressive faction at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, I think we could have a conversation on, like, if that's thematically what they should be or yeah. not. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that that's, that's a fair thing to debate. But mechanically... Um, it's it definitely works for them, um, and yeah. I think it, it plays into their strong suits significantly. You know, I mean, like you're not going to be able to beat an empire list at ranged. You know, moving moving into you know a post short trooper world. Um, I mean, you're going to be able to beat some, but the lists that want to beat you at ranged are going to beat you at ranged, and there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to accept it and have an alternate game plan, which is okay. Um, there are things in the game that do that now, like tauntauns. Um, you know, and like Luke and Sabine don't care about terrain. They just jump over it all. Um, you know, I've actually kind of been putting together what, uh, like a Luke Sabine Tauntaun list that I'd like to play, <laughs> over, but I'm not sure it's going to work out. <laughs> it, seems like, um, it seems like a lot of points in those four things, in those three things. Well, so one thing that I took away from uh, the tournament on Saturday was that... Um, you know, most rebel lists rely on Z6s to do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, most of my rebel tribunists like weren't shooting; they were just kind of chilling, um, and then getting shot at. Which maybe is like I wasn't playing them very well, uh, which m- maybe was part of it. But I think that uh, like had I had another close assault unit like Sabine in that list instead of you know a bunch of Z6s. Um, I think that that could have changed a lot of the, I, I, I could have pushed the, the, the pedal down even farther. Um, I think that there might be some, uh, validity to taking some naked rebel trooper units in, uh, Luke Tauntaun plus some more close combat units. Um, sort of, sort just, of list. just go all in on the, uh, all in on the charge basically. Yeah. Yeah. You just you just want to destroy them in the charge and just have you know two or three rebel trooper units that are you know chilling without heavy weapons to just pick up everything that gets left behind as far as boxes and vaporators and whatever. Um, I don't know something I'm going to play around with. I don't know if I'm going to actually run that at Nova, but uh, it could be good. Yep. Jay, you got any thoughts about any of this? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I. I forgot where I said it. Oh, maybe it was when I was on Krabic the other day, but I said, I think I've, I'm more excited now than I was when the game was announced because of all the, all the options. And I, I don't know, it's just going to be with the new factions and everything. It's just going to be so incredible. And I, I think that like the last year where we've been building these lists, you know, I think at times, not all the time, but at times you feel stuck because you're like, ah, there's only so many options right now if I if I truly want to be competitive. But like like Mike just said, I think with the two new factions, there's going to be so many good lists that, I don't know, it's just, I'm, I'm very excited. 
right now for where the game's heading. Yep. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's interesting because like the two new factions make a lot of the stuff that used to be good, specifically snipers, not nearly as good anymore. <laughs> like snipers are worthless against um, you know CIS, like like actually worthless. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're if you're if you're not shooting Grievous, they're worthless. And Grievous has impervious; like it's not even like good to shoot him. But like, are you gonna shoot B one battle droids? Okay, your sniper just removed a six point unit from the board. That's cool. You're gonna shoot at droidekas; they have shields. <laughs> like, and in both of those cases, the suppression doesn't really even matter either. Nope. Right. Like so. So like. <laughs> So you, the suppression doesn't matter. The pierce pretty much has no effect whatsoever because they either have shields or, you know, they have, um, they're just, you know, white no search saves anyways. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for people to play them and understand how great that feels. Like I played a ga- game with Evan and he'd like killed like one or two of my droids. I'm like, okay. Like, and they were just fully decked out units, you know, like you literally do not care. Like you're just yep. like, nah, this is fine. Everything's great. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, um, and, and I think it's going to be cool. I think Re- Republic might have, you know, a little bit of a hard time putting together um, as effective as an list, at least to start as CIS will, yeah. just because their stuff seems kind of expensive. They don't really have like a, like a, they've it sort of looks like they need like a filler unit sort of like a sniper that's a little cheaper than the barks to really make their to to get an activation count high enough i know that fire support is supposed to be an equalizer but i think they might struggle a little bit when they come out um but cis i think like grievous triple droid echoes six b1s of which like three have heavy weapons and one has an uplink I think it's going to be perfectly serviceable when it comes out against top tier lists. Yep. I agree. Um, yeah. And, and like all of a sudden you're going to be like, Oh, I have an empire gun line list that is like built on the suppressive keyword. I guess, I guess this doesn't work the way I'd like it to, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know? Right. <laughs> so, uh, I think things are going to change. Um, it's worth noting that Tauntauns are also not very good against P1s. Um, like they can displace them and stuff, but it doesn't actually matter. Yeah, um, I mean the suppression doesn't do anything, and on a ram attack, you kill what like four droids. Okay, <laughs> right? It's, it's like okay, I guess you kill some like half a unit that doesn't matter. Right. Cool. <laughs> and like the droid deck is just tank it on the shields. So, well, you can't use shields in melee, so they're actually pretty good against oh, droid decks. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but you know. Uh, Droidekas should also shred Tauntauns. Um, at, at range, yeah, because it's suppressive. And, yeah. Well, it's also worth noting that they're, they're ground vehicles, so they don't have to melee the Tauntauns. I don't think they have a melee attack, do they? No, they don't. They'd have to back up and shoot, which they can do. Yeah, um, it's not a big right. deal. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And they can also block, block for your B1s. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't I don't know if you need to, but so there's a lot of like stuff that feels a little bit overpowered at the moment, and I think that that's fine. We had to we've we don't have fifty percent of the the equation yet, you know. Um, 
Yeah, we could be we could be having the same conversation about dobacks a month from now. Right. I mean, or shores. Like, you know. Yes, we very much could, could be, but like, um, isn't it amazing though? By Adepticon, like basically everything we're talking about now could just be worthless, really. Um, Not worthless, I mean, but could, but could it be? Sure. sure, you know what I mean. I think that's highly unlikely. You know, um, I it has the potential yeah. though. Like those tanks look awesome for the two new factions. Plus, there's three months. Between when the tanks release, or two two months, or roughly two months between when the tanks release and Adepticon for for them to come out with, I I don't know other stuff for any of the factions, right? Like I, it's just so wide open. Like literally anything could happen between now and Adepticon. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting. You know, um, I just there's things things are changing. The meta is evolving. Um, you know, post Nova, I don't. I, is, is LVO the next major tournament after Nova? Is there any? I guess Warfare Weekend. Warfare Weekend. Yeah. Yep. Right. So Warfare Weekend is probably going to be the first major tournament where we see what things start looking like. I would guess. Is that in, in November? Yep. I think? Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's going to be a good like benchmark for what the, you know, at least like Q1, so to speak, meta is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but going into that, it's going to be like the Wild West. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, if you're going to Warfare Weekend, like, first of all, go. You should. It's awesome. You know, Brendan's uh, toing yep. it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure who's running it off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Yeah, his name's Chris. Um, Chris. Um, and, uh, but like, it's going to be like, if you want to win a tournament where you can kind of be like, like have a list that's a sleeper and win that's that's the tournament to to, to do it at i think because mm-hmm. um, you know you can't be ready for everything yeah it's gonna be crazy <laughs> yeah it's gonna be awesome so cool sweet well our next episode is gonna be after nova it will be. So Kyle's either going to be really happy or really <laughs> not happy. <laughs> well, I mean, either way, I'm going to have had a good time. Um, and like fair. I said, I, I think, you know, I've got a, uh, I'll have my, my last shot at LCQ if I um, don't get it here. So, um, well, good yeah. luck, Kyle. Uh, thanks. I will, at a minimum, I will not be vacillating constantly about what list I'm going to play because I will Until, have played it already. Until Adapticon, but yes. Yes. <laughs> and then it's going to be even worse because I'm going to have, uh, I don't plan on playing clones, but I'm going to have three factions to pick from because I'm going to have droids in my quiver also. So, yep. um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be worse. I'm sorry, Facebook. I'm sorry, Discord. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I honestly, I think I'm going to bring, not, not knowing like for sure what the terrain is going to look like. I think I'm not going to end up deciding what I'm actually playing until Thursday morning. Love Are you it. Saying you're going to terrain scope Kyle Dornbos. Um, do it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, it. That's one of the perks of being local. Uh, well, I mean, anybody can. Anyway, I, I don't want to talk too much about terrain scoping. What I what I probably will do. <laughs> what, 
what I probably will do is, is decide on like a primary list going into Thursday and then have a backup plan if the terrain is not what I expect it to be. If that makes sense. Okay. So you want to talk about terrain scoping. You just don't want to call it terrain scoping. Well, no. I mean, it is like, you know, usually when we, when we talk about terrain scoping, we're talking about removing models from units. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, as far as like scouting out the terrain in advance, I definitely... Um, I expect it to be for sure better than last year, which is what they said. But yeah. um, beyond that, I have no expectations. So that's always difficult. You know, some yeah. events post pictures and stuff in advance. Um, no, they didn't, which is fine. But it also means I'm probably bringing two lists on Thursday morning. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> it all comes also, full, circle. full circle. Also, also because I'm grossly indecisive. So uh, that'll give me... Um, That'll give me a benchmark to use to decide on a list. I, uh, <laughs> before my daughter was born, we we decided that we would have a criteria based on her hair color because we couldn't decide what to name her. So, <laughs> um, this is this is just my so what, my. What were you gonna do if she was like born with no hair? Uh, I don't know. Luckily, she wasn't. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I guess Perfect. that'd be. That'd be like if I showed up to Nova and there was no terrain on the table. So, you know. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I guess we'll see. I'm I'm super looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. There's going to be lots of fun people that we know there that we get to hang out with. So, Evan will be there. You guys will get to see Evan. What day is Sweet. What day is Evan playing on? Friday. Okay. So I may not see Evan. I'm actually not going to be there physically on Friday. Um, Dang it, Kyle. So. I thought we talked about this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't be there Thursday, but I will be there Friday. Yep. Dang it, Mike. <laughs> you know. Can only All take right. so many days off work. Yep. Yeah, I get it. Unfortunately, this is not work. So. Yep. All right. You guys got anything else? Nope. Cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, next week we will be talking about nova and uh we'll see you then we are the notorious scoundrels i'm kyle I'm mike and i'm jay Tony peace out really good. <laughs> join us next week for another episode of the notorious scoundrels this has been a fifth trooper production <laughs>